Today's scripture is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be, that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Kaya. I was listening outside, from outside. Beautiful anthem. Thank you. Today's story is a very interesting story. It is the story of Jesus when he was 12 years old. And only the Gospel of Luke contains this particular story. And today's story is the only story about Jesus who was in his youth in the whole Bible. Imagine that. Here and there, Gospels, different Gospels contain stories of Jesus, like a birth narratives, and you know, adults, public life and all that. But this youth, only Luke, Gospel of Luke, has it. Then we may wonder why the author of Luke put this particular story, the only story of Jesus being a youth, in this place. You must be curious, right? I am too. Before we explore further about this, we should investigate the passage more and clarify a few things first. First of all, today's passage begins with the statement that Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year. Back then, if you are a Jewish man, you are summoned to go up to Jerusalem three times a year and present yourself before God. Those three festivals are Passover, the Feast of Weeks, and the third one is the Feast of Booths. By keeping these festivals, the Israel people commemorate how faithful God has been to them. They realize, remember and realize how God has been faithful to them. If you happen to live far away from Jerusalem, you are allowed to take the pilgrimage only for Passover. Not every, you know, three, but only once. 
Just like today's passage, it talks, it, it talks about pilgrimage on Passover. It was Jesus' first time to, on, to go on this pilgrimage to Jerusalem with his family. When Jesus was a baby, he did go to Jerusalem with his parents. But this time, it's like he's an independent person. He claimed that he presented himself to God. Even today, if you are practicing Judaism, every 13-year-old boy or girl becomes a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah through a ceremony. Bar means son, bat means girl, and mitzvah means commandment or law. So once you become bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, you are given full membership of a synagogue and are able to participate in all areas of Jewish community life. So it is like coming of age ceremony. Jesus went up to Jerusalem when he was 12, and it means he must have had the ceremony of bar mitzvah. According to the documents I read, Orthodox Judaism practiced bar mitzvah when a boy reaches 12 years old, not 13, like nowadays Reformed Judaism practices. So it means Jesus was born to Judaism and he was raised properly, receiving all the rites and rituals and education according to the Orthodox Judaism. From today's text, the second item I want you to look at is this. Jesus' parents did not know Jesus was missing until almost one full day of trip was made. How could that happen? We may ask, right? How could that happen? The Children's Aid Society will visit you and integrate. <laughs> I know who's laughing right now, eh? But there's a sufficient reason behind this. When they go on a pilgrimage, they gather up a caravan with their relatives and friends who live close by. So it is not just Jesus' direct family members, much larger than that. And it was a custom that mothers and small children would go ahead of the team, and the men would follow with the bigger boys, carrying stuff and animals, things like that. So Mary and Joseph may each have thought that Jesus was with the other. Only when they want to settle down for the night, they realize that, oops, Jesus is missing. The third point and last point I want to explore with you is this. Verse 52. Let me read it for you. And Jesus increased in wisdom and years and in divine and human favor. Because of this particular verse, the early fathers had serious controversies over Jesus' divinity. You know what I'm saying? How could a son of God, the Logos, the eternal wisdom, had to increase his wisdom. In other words, Arius, one of the key figures of this controversy, 
who used this verse and argued, how could Jesus be the Son of God? And at the same time, so human as to require to learn things such as increasing in wisdom. In other words, Arius denied the divinity of Jesus. However, Athanasius, the counterpart, who took up the argument for the orthodox position and set things straight. Because of Athanasius, the Christian churches were able to uphold the Trinitarian understanding of Christology at Nicene Council in 325 AD. It will just go over your head, right? (laughs) But it is so important. And thank God, I thank God personally for Athanasius. He fought against that controversy. And he said this important statement. He said, Jesus took a kenosis, which means emptying himself. We learned this from Philippians, right? Chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Jesus took a kenosis, which means voluntarily emptying himself, and which means constraining upon his deity. And because of that, Jesus had to grow in wisdom like a human. If Jesus did not empty himself, the incarnation could not have occurred, and there would not have been salvation for humanity. So my friends, Jesus had to increase in wisdom, not because he was inferior or lack of anything, but because he emptied himself to become like us. John Calvin, one of the leaders of Reformation, talked about Jesus' kenosis in this way. Growing up gradually is part of what the Lord took on himself in condescending to our human condition. Jesus, the Son of God, became an infant, frail and weak, and he grew up to manhood and acquired wisdom in such ways the same as we human learn. I wonder how happy and grateful Jesus must have been when he actually entered the courtyard of the temple. This is my father's house. He must have leaped with joy. This is my father's house. He was able to ask questions to the rabbis of the temple and to listen to what they had to say. All the learning he had from his younger days in Nazareth was finally coming to maturity. Jesus was in a totally different time zone while studying the word of God and discerning God's will for him in that temple. Giotto, a 14th century painter, he drew this painting on the walls of a chapel in Italy. Look at Jesus. For Giotto, Jesus was young, but he's assuming the role of a teacher, teaching the other teachers of the law. And as you can see, Mary and Joseph were at the outer circle. Looks like Mary's asking a question, expecting the answer from 
Jesus. But the answer from Jesus is all the more intriguing. And he makes us ponder. What did he say? He said in verse 49, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Why did Jesus say this? And why, what did he mean? Jesus said, I must be in my father's house, right? But when I look at this phrase in the original language, I found out that it should, it should have been translated differently. Like, I must be in my father's business or father's affairs. Jesus was in his father's house, and that is not the wrong interpretation. But what was going on in Jesus' heart was that Jesus was searching for the heavenly father's concern, his will. And that is very important to Jesus. We can see how much Jesus desired to know his father's will. And now we understand why Jesus answered such a way to Mary and why Jesus had to be in that situation. For Jesus, knowing God's will became his priority. When I look back at this year and when I ponder upon the theme of this year, Journey to Fullness, I realize that we have tried so many things we never did it we never did before. And those programs and activities were designed to lead us into the spiritual journey where the study of the Word of God becomes our priority. For example, the New Year's, New Year's prayer retreat in January. We had about 40 plus adults attend this prayer retreat. 40 plus adults came to learn how to pray from ESM history. We learn what prayer is all about and we pray together. And right after that, we begin our first time ever Friday gatherings. And that was a historic moment also. Do you remember that for the first night? The first night, we had more than 80 people, including the children and youth, gather up. KS and Paul Group served us dinner for a few weeks, and we are grateful for their service. We walked the journey together from the beginning of this year, and that journey is just the beginning. It must continue in the coming years. My friends, it is so important to know and know the Word of God. So make time to pray and study the Word of God. That is the priority in life. I have witnessed so many cases and so many people who just wasted away their life, their time. Our Lord Jesus showed the spiritual principle today in learning the Word of God. Because of his humility, Jesus all the more searched for God's will 
study the Word of God. Yes, humility will give us passion for God's words and God's will. Without humility, we cannot draw ourselves to God, God's presence, the Word of God. If we do not have passion for God's words, let us ask, Let us ask ourselves, how, oh God, and pray to God, help us, give us this humility to know you more, and passion, have passion to search you more. What is the reason people do not search for God's words? People may say that, oh, I'm so busy with my life, oh, I just don't have time. But the true reason behind this is that we are not humble. We are not humble in a sense that we think we can live this life without knowing the Word of God. The humility I'm talking about is not the humility before people, among people, but the humility before God. Our Lord Jesus emptied himself and became like one of us, And because of his emptying grace, he had to go through this process and it gives us hope and direction for our spiritual life. My friends, do not be deceived by the culture of this world. The world is driving us away from the word of God. What what we do is work and play. Work and play. Just like the Romans, like 2,000 years ago, whose concerns were bread and the circus games, the same pattern continues, work and play. In order to have enough bread, we work so hard. And as soon as we have enough money, we indulge ourselves to the category of play. But without knowing God's will and God's words, I'm not sure how can we survive a day. To me, it's, it's a miracle. And to me, it's God's grace that we can survive a day. To me, it's like a person without driver's license driving a car on the street. From humility, we'll have passion for God's words. What sustains you, my friends? What sustains your soul? We have passion for God's words. We'll become more aware of the things and events and people around us. Have more clear understanding of what's going on around us. Have more desire, genuine desire and and appreciation for the things we have, for the for towards the people we have. The truth will set us free and makes, make us see things clearly. If your life becomes stale and mundane, please understand. It is not because you do not make enough money, or it is not because you can't afford to go on all-inclusive vacations. It is because our heart's condition. We are not humble before God. 
not in need of God's grace and truth. A couple of days ago, I happened to listen to the Pope Francis' Christmas message. He said that we become more and more narcissistic, loving one, only oneself. He asked the world to let go of our possessiveness. And that is the same message from Reverend Kim on Christmas Day service. He talked about our life as journey to give and share. My friends, we have walked the journey to fullness this year. And we know that the journey to fullness can only be achieved when we take the journey to emptiness. When we study the Word of God with humility, God will make us grow. And God will make our life filled with truth and grace. Right after today's text, Jesus, the adult Jesus, was able to begin his public life, the called life, to do God's will. Let us devote ourselves to the study of the Word of God so that God may use us for God's will for this world. Just like Jesus who gave the world the light and the warmth, let us carry out the ministry of Jesus for this world. What are you searching for this life? And what sustains you and upholds you? May your hearts be filled with that passion for the Word of God. And may God make you humble so that we can be used by God and for God's glory. Let us pray. The table give us passion, true passion. To know more about God, to more, to know more about the Word of God. Oh God, make us humble as we repent before you. Only through that way we will receive passion from you, Lord. With that passion, help us to grow every moment. Grow to you, Lord, and be filled with your truth and grace so that we can be used by you for your glory. We want to follow Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who emptied himself to, to become like us. Oh God, give us strength and understanding to empty ourselves every moment so that you can be our God. Your presence will be with us in our emptying. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.